Hello everyone and welcome back to Triple Hopped. My name's Charlie, you can find me on Instagram at Craftkangang. And I'm Ryan, you can find me on Instagram underneath the Beardy Beer Blur. We're back with another very timely, not even slightly too late monthly recap and we're going to be talking about February, uh, a short 22 days after the month finished. Yeah, we've left, we've been all travelling a fair bit, so we've actually had time to sit down and do this. So. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not our fault, but you know, please please keep listening. It is mad that we're going to we're going to be doing the March one next week or sometime next week, and it's the twenty second of March today. But we've got a lot of beer to talk about. I think anyway, we have we have we, we both had uh, quite quite beery Februarys, and how many are we going to give each? Three or four? Yeah. I've got three. I've got three on mine, but I can add, right. I can add, I can add a couple more off my head. Yeah, three and an honourable mention, I reckon. All right, all right. Are you going to kick us off? What was your What was your first highlight from February? Well, I think my first highlight was actually having a beer after doing dry jam. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So I had a beer. My first beer was it wasn't anything off the top of my head. It was just I had a beer when I landed in Italy. I even mm. skipped having the beer in the airport. Um, yeah, I can't believe you did that. And uh, I didn't want so, to just. A, I, I wish I had that resolve. Beer. I just didn't want a crappy beer at six a.m. in Manchester Airport. I was like, I'm just going to wait till I land. But the first beer did last about 30, 40 seconds. But yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, like so when I got back from Italy, I, I came back to beer mail. A lot of beer mail. Yep. From various sources, mm. uh, and one of the boxes was from Beak, which was the new Beak Pals Club, and yeah. the one of the beers from there that I'm going to talk about is a beer called Spin from Beak. Okay. So it was a um, 6.5% IPA with Citra, Idaho 7, and one of your new favourite hops, Nectaron. Nectaron. Love Nectaron. Everyone loves Nectaron, don't they? Yeah, well, I think this is the first time I had Nectaron. Okay. This is the first time I've actually had it. So, yeah, I mean, people have had Beak. They know they're good. The standard is just always good, especially on the IPAs. I think, like, they... Between like the six and seven percent range, I think that's where they thrive at the moment. You know, double IPAs are really good, and the lagers and the the other styles that they do, but they a game is their like sub eight percent IPAs. Yeah, and like this thing, yeah, it was just like that. You know, the more I'm trying, I'm drinking beef, the more I'm kind of discovering their their, their kind of signature, and it they remind me of the old day, like yeah, I think big, yeah, I can see that body. Like the big, like thick but light and fluffy kind of body, and like this thing, I like. I don't really know what Nectron brings, and I can't. I haven't even done this research, so I don't know what it brings to pie. But I just remember this was just like just this like marmalade and pine. It was a weird. It was a bit like at a West Coasty vibe, but in a like a New England style IPA. It was very very clever and good. Yeah, it was good. Like I've had quite a few beet beers after I've had this two boxes now delivered. And um, yeah, I've gone through all, but yeah, Spin stood out quite a lot in February. Yeah, I, that's one that I missed, but I seem to recall Neil talking about that one as well. You two yeah. are both kind of big boxers now, aren't you? Mm, yeah, we're not plugged. We are getting paid for talking about it. Yeah, not, not sponsored by Beak, unfortunately. No, I mean, I just, I drink Beak beers quite a lot and I just think it made sense to join up to the um, membership. I'll see how it goes. But so far, so good, like, good i think it's good value and beers are pretty good oh, well, i think the quality of beers so I mean, they're they're a brewery that i don't drink enough of and i can never figure out why because yeah. everything i have is good i think that's the thing and it's like we've 
we've seen like a few with the bigger buns kind of maybe not keep up. And I think we've had like we've I think we've, we've mentioned Beak a lot on this podcast with like Overturn and Rivington and they're like kind of the new guidance kind of guys. Mm. There's a, a whole bunch of them that have moved quicker and than a lot of other brewers and even some of the more well established ones. And I think with Beak, I think the other thing is it's just the quality. Like I've never had a beer that I've just kind of gone, damn, it's not that good. Whereas I think with every Beak beer, the quality level. I mean, yeah, sometimes they, they are consistent. Been, they're consistently good. I think, you know, they, ne- they might not ever go out and be the biggest uh, beer of the year or anything like that. But they're, they're consistently good. They're good value. The beers are above our average, definitely above average than what is on the, available in the UK market. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why they stand out. I think there are a variety of reasons. Consistency being one, I think their branding is really good. I think their their pricing is pretty sensible. Yeah, you know, they seem like really nice folks to deal with. The kind of general aesthetic and the way they present themselves are good. They're just kind of a they're they're all rounders, aren't they? I just I wish their so. tap room wasn't so far away. Yeah, exactly. Same. And that's the thing as well. Like they're one of these brewers that do every style. Like they do the majority yeah. of styles. You know, we just want to see. Um, I just want to see some of the naughty stouts that they have done barrelized in. Oh. What well, that's got to be a record. How far are we in? And we've mentioned the lack of barrel aging in the UK. <laughs> uh, I just think how cool would it be if they did a, a series? And I thought about this with three different barrels, and then they wax them in red wax, yeah, the Sorry, primary colors, yellow and blue wax. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what they need to do. Yeah, that's that sounds great. I I want something more simple than that. I want that paste beer in a bourbon barrel for twelve months. Yeah. I don't care if you bottle it. I don't care if you can it. I don't care if you send me it in a resealed milk bottle, whatever. Like, yeah, just paste. please. Paste was next level good. Yeah, it was really good. Really, really good. So moving on, man. Like, so what about you? Well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm wrestling with myself on this because it. I I went to Belgium in February, so I'm resisting very hard the temptation to list four beers in the lambic category, even though. You know, there were probably 15 that I could mention. I'm going to go too hazy and too lambic, I think, if we're allowed four. All right, go ahead. Start off with the hazy, and it is going to be the other half, Cloud Water, Freaky Friday, slash uh, whatever they call it now, V13. Yeah. I had- that was so good. Was, was that the one on your list? Yeah. Is that right? It's good. It was my. It was going to be my honourable mention. Okay. The best of the other half series of that free week that I had. Yeah, it, I mean, it just leapt out of the can. The aroma was absolutely wild. It, you know, it felt like you were eating fruit. It was so viscous. And it, yeah, it's how I remember dippers being when I fell in love with dippers. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I never had B13, and I know everyone talks about how good it is. Mm. And I think even though if people, I did see a couple of comments on Instagram and they said, oh, it reminds me of how it was. I'm like, you're like, no one's yeah, remembered like, beer yeah. from like six, seven years ago. No. no. But also, if other half can't make a better version of that in 2023 than Cloudwater did in what was it, 2018, 2019? Yeah. If they can't do that, then they're useless. It's yeah. it's definitely better. I didn't have the original, but I would bet a lot that this is better. Yeah, like the time machine we talk about. If you could go back yeah. in time and compare the both, it's it's weird that like they've taken like on the Freaky Friday series, like other half decided to do Cloudwater's probably Holy Grail beer. Yeah. Other than the original MCI, it's like that. That is the Clearwater beer, isn't it? That people talk that's about. The one that everyone talks about is V13, and like, I think they're like, and it's a weird one that Cloudwater have never ventured. I think they've always said they would never redo it because they wouldn't want to mess it up. 
and the fact that they were said over half came in and they went, yeah, go on, then you can do it. it well, you just gave them the recipe, like, go on, you fuck it up. Yeah. It was, yeah, I'm the same as you, mate. I had that beer and it, it blew me away. It was one of the first beers I had when I came back from holiday and I was just like, yeah, being, my, being the first one I had. I, I mean, I, I strongly would. dislike starting my choices with an American beer, given that we're a, a UK beer podcast. Oh. But I think we've, the- we've just got to, I think enough people that listen to this will have had it. Yeah. That, you know, it'll it'll resonate. And also, like, credit where credit's due, that was a cracker. Yeah. Not spoiler alert, but there's no more UK beers from me anyway. That was high three okay. UK beer, grenade straight in and next Fine. day. Now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you've already uh, absolved your sins, haven't you? Yeah. I'm going to have to redeem myself. And I know that two of my choices are going to be Belgian from now on, so <laughs> it's going to be an uphill struggle for me. So my next one also is of a half beer, and it's part of the series, so... People are aware over half release three weeks of beer for that anniversary series. They do the club week, the freaky Friday week, and then they do the anniversary beers they bring out every week. So mine's from the 9th anniversary collaboration series, and it's number seven. Um, this is an 8% double IPA with Citra and HPC 586, and it's a collaboration with Green Chief. Okay. So I had the I've had the one with Trillium. And I had the one with Fidens and Troon. Terrible. Not terrible, oh, but... I, I managed to lose my can of that. I don't know just, how. With, I just think, and I think we, we talked about this in our chat, and I just think it was a good beer, but when you put Troon and Fiden on the can, you're expecting, with the other half, something magical. And if it was just, it was just a standard of a half, like it was a great beer, don't get me wrong, it was good. But I think the reason that people were disappointed was I think people were expecting the new coming of beer with us free yeah. colliding. Yeah. And it's sadly disappointed on that front. If you go if you take it out of that label and you put in an other half one of those silly labels, yeah. It's a it's a good beer. I just think that people expected more. I mean they they did give themselves quite a mountain to climb, didn't they? The expectations on that are always going to be very difficult to meet. I don't even think they even got involved in it. Like, there was nothing not, that would no. have... But yeah, we're going on to this one, yeah. So Green Cheek, I mean, I think they're kind of like a UK, US favourite, aren't they? Like, they're one of the favourite US oh. players, I think, ever since friends and family and yeah. you know, the track brought them over. And I think Those boys can make a beer. Is. Yeah, and yeah, this thing was just... It was like if you got a lemon meringue pie and a key lime pie and just smashed them together. It was just so double, good. Double citrus pie. Yeah, the citrus and like the lemon and lime peel coming off it. Yeah, and that was for me. It's like we've all the kind of haziness now, and like what we do talk about is like a lot of beers we have aren't memorable, and that one certainly stood out at the time. I mean, I had the V13 as well. I began yeah. the same night. It would have been hard to pull them apart, of which I preferred better. It depends on the palate, I guess. I think the yeah. V13 was just magnificent. The, yeah, you know, you, you get to a certain quality level and it's kind of like, you know, is, is there really much daylight between us at all? Exactly that, exactly. And sometimes I think we buy these beers and I think like it's the chasing that we do when we chase beers in the US and the UK. Mm. And for me, sometimes it's just because I want something different. And and but I get to the point where I'm like, am I kind of peaked? Like, is there anything out there like that's going to be... And then I did the stupid thing as well. Like, and this is just going back in February that I did have an enough kind of gone off here. I did the stupid thing that I said on podcast, one of our first podcasts about where we questioned each other. I stupid had a, a can of King Julius. 
Yeah. Yeah, he beefed it. And I yeah. beefed it because I had it and I kind of went, all oh, right, yeah, it's good, yeah. but... It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what have I done that for? Yeah, I, t- I took one to Belgium with me to share with a couple of the guys that I was meeting up there. There's a hotel that I was staying called Hotel Hubert. And they just let you split whatever beers you want in the lobby. And they've got loads of glasses around and stuff. So we call them Hubert shares. And we were having a Hubert share. And I just I bought down King Judge of Julius. And one of this guy was like, I've been chasing this for like four years. I was like, well, there you go. Try it. <laughs> I was just like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. There's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. There's, there's better stuff around. Yeah. But yeah, like like so that other half green cheek, yeah, just stood out by a country mile for me. It was just Unreal, unreal beer. I'm very lucky to get all of that one. But God, we got double of the half. This is this is like a Neil episode now, isn't it? And uh, is the way we can drop oh his name into the title. Oh dear, yeah, exactly. You are going over Bro- half Brooklyn's finest. Uh, no, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. I'm going to uh, take us to Anderlec, just outside the city centre in Brussels, to uh, probably my second favourite lambic brewery in the world, Cantillon, and. Mm-hmm. We went there on the first day we got to the first full day we had in Brussels. So actually, I've probably told you about this, but, you know, we had a bit of a saga in Brussels. The first day was the only day we were able to enjoy because we went to a restaurant in the evening and got food poisoning. And then we were then just incapacitated for the second and third day. (laughs) We were there really savage. But anyway, so we went to Cantillon. They had a 2001 Gers on the board. So... 22 year old just it's the by far the oldest thing i've ever drunk and it was really kind it was really complex it wasn't inaccessible yeah i mean it's weird what happens to beers at that kind of age i my suspicion is that they have kind of a well, i'm doing something with my hand and people can't see it because the listeners but like a roller coaster type path like they have good patches bad patches yeah. some depending on what yeast is kind of dominant at that time you sometimes hear people refer to things as being ropey which is a yeast strain called i think pediococcus which kind of takes over and makes the beer a bit stringy and weird for periods of time you know it just needs to level out this was drinking absolutely phenomenally at, at that point in time it kind of had a like cherry coke type vibe to it like a kind of dark fruity thing like a cherry coke dr pepper thing that i couldn't really describe but it was like oaky and all the funk (laughs) so we had a bottle of this 2001 girls and like when you're drinking something that old you absolutely fucking do not want to drink the sediment that is just instant bubble guts you can just shit yourself immediately most people So this American woman comes over to our table with three quarters of a bottle of magic. She's like, hey, I'm not going to finish this due on it. I mean, that's typically what happens at Cantillon. You, you make friends, you share baskets. And we were like, yeah, sure. Like, do you want to try anything? She just yanks this bottle up out of the basket and like nitro pours it into a glass. She's just stirred everything up. And we're like, oh my God, we're all going to die. She's just <laughs> killed us all. Because <laughs> it was like, we'd only had like one pour out of it each. So there's two thirds of a bottle left. And yeah, she's just gone like vortex mode on it. <laughs> and one of the guys with was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But yeah, it's too late. We're like, oh god, we need to leave that for an hour to settle before we touch it again. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> savagery. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. Well, I think we were okay because of that. No one else got got the uh, bubble guts, but you know, it double got us because of the uh, the restaurant we went to. So cautionary tale there, I suppose. Good. Have you ever had anything that old? Like twenty two years old. That's no, old not, beer. No, nowhere near. Nothing. I was eleven when that was released. You know what? Though? I don't know. I did have something. When we went to Stu's Brews house, hadn't they? 
and someone brought a bottle and it was definitely it was a it was it was an old paper label but it was where the paper had actually worn off and right. molded yeah yeah, yeah. I, can't remember, I don't know how old it was but i'm yeah i haven't I'm, I'm off the top of my head i'm no i've not had anything that old yeah i've like i'm trying to tactically age some girls because i think girls it definitely benefits from it fruited stuff i don't age anymore because it falls off it, it, it gets a bit too off. sour I think like when we see you see people and like on like trading groups and they're trading like 2011 bottles of food and I'm like that's surely fucked. Yeah, I mean we had a 2021 bottle not last week and the weekend before and that was falling. Like it was good, but it was definitely dropping. Like the yeah. acid was coming way up. Yeah, I feel like the oldest ones on the like food and the naff side are like I think but. Someone two years old, and they'll be getting drunk this year. There's no oh, way yeah. to settle No, we had a, a 375 bottle of rose de Gambrinus from 2017. I think it was in Bruges, not Brussels. And it was, it looked like balsamic vinegar, like it was brown. It's like that. Oh. Yeah, you, no. you can't, you can't, especially in such a small format bottle, it oxidizes so much quicker than a big one. Yeah, 100%. Anyway, lambic dorkery over for now. <laughs> what was your next one? Mine's also lambic. Oh, wow. Okay, fine. I know what we're doing today. Yeah, this is yeah, weird. Yeah. So mine's more the. It was a scene where I was. So I went to Italy, and mm-hmm. the last night I was in Venice, and I had a bottle to myself of Erdiger's eighteen from Dry Fontaine. Yeah, and it was just I think the the moment I sat there like like just sat like canal I guess you say mm-hmm. just sat on the canal with it, like sunsetting. It's quite mm-hmm. warm and where we were, and just enjoying it. Like, and it's always good to go back to that classic. I don't think like you agree. It's one of the best. It was one of the best beers there is. Oh, it is, yeah. And like it was 2018. It was, you know, it was stored well, and it was just in this little bar in Venice. And it was, it, to be fair, the bar was magnificent. Like it was 18 taps. Um, wow. 18 taps. A lot of it was all local stuff, but it was good. Like, and like Italy in a whole, like the beer scene's decent. I think like it's that. It reminded me very much of England, like back in maybe 20. 19 yeah like where they, there was a lot of stuff that we had on like you know what it is good i mean there was a, one of a beer that i did have in another bar and it was just a mexican lager you know and i love mexican lagers just with that little bit of like lime and just that yeah little bit of zest in there and i, I think having, like, over and above it like, being good when when a scene is at that stage it's just exciting like yeah. it's really exciting people are experimenting you're kind of finding new ways of doing things and it's, yeah, it's, like it's a great time. Like I think Portugal's the same. I think Portugal will be massive in a few years. Like their beer scene when I went there last year, this is so good. But like, yeah, when you go now when you go to place, and I know a lot of people listen to the podcast probably do the same. It's one of the first things you do when you Google or you go on Untapped and look at venues. Yeah. And Venice had quite a few places. Yeah, we we got recommended uh, this one bar. Um, yeah, we walked in and it was only small. It had basically it had more beer pumps than seats. So. What? Exactly. It was tiny. It had it had a bit of outdoor seating, but inside it had, like I said, 18 beer pumps, a fridge full of Belgian lumber, and then about 10 seats. That's that's mega funny that that so they've got more taps and seats. They're clearly like all about the taps, and you go in there and order a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, do you know no, but this I think. I went there twice on two occasions and I'd eyed up the bottle as to, I was like, I'm not going to have that on the last night. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going to come out and I'm going to drink this bottle. And well, but I mean, bottles, bottles of 3F aren't cheap out. No. A bit of a treat, I guess. 
yeah exactly it it was just that but yeah the you know when you're out there like obviously the wine is the number one thing the wine's incredible but when you're drinking i was just like i just want to have this ball i'm gonna enjoy it the last night yeah and that i don't really need to talk too much about the beer itself because i think that hopefully the majority of people who know where it is and they've tried yeah it and, and i, I, I mean it's, it's like one of the interview questions isn't it it's like what's what's the beer that means the most not because of the beer, but because of the circumstances. And, you know, yeah. in, a, in a setting like that, it's really easy to get swept away by something. And also I think as well, like, because it's quite accessible in, in the UK, it's one of the gateway kind of Lambics. Yeah. And I think that's another yeah. I think it's one of the, I remember coming, when I first tried Lambic, and I think it was one, one of those beers, but I think it, was, it might have been that that bottle was the first one I ever tried. So, yeah, and it was it was just a good one to have, like, but in the, but first week of Feb, it was, and it just stands out. So pretty simple one to pick. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very jealous of that. Like that, yeah. that seems like a great setting to have it in. Mm. And if you look on my Instagram, the photo is there. From yeah, I'll, I'll have a look. I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I've seen it and liked it anyway. Yeah. Nice. All right, nice I'm gonna go haze next. I'm gonna go yeah. UK haze. It's yeah. Rivington. It's Blood Machines, the most recent version of that. Oh, nice. Where Did you have it? it? I didn't have the most recent one. I was, I'm in the OG camp on that beer, and I actually put that in my top nine. When we used to do the top nine thing on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I think I was the only person that did it. And I was like, this beer is incredible. Yeah. And now two, three, five, three years later, everyone raves about Blood Machines, and I was like, yeah. I was telling everyone for years yeah. ago. Should should have had a podcast back then. That's what mm. did you? But when was the last uh, top nine thing? 2020, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Who does it now? It got a bit boring, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> only so many grids and nine I can look at. But yeah, yeah. so Blood, Blood Machines is another one that we did in a, a hotel lobby share, took a can of that and a can of Fidens. And we did them side by side for no real scientific reason. I think maybe they had like one hop in common. But I was like, I just want to see what fight, you know, we talk about Rivington a lot as being in the top tier of UK haze. I think you could put Fidens in a similar position in the US, like certainly in my view, they they turn out some of the best stuff that gets yeah. across here. So I was like, fuck it. What do they what do they taste like side by side? Well, the Fidens might have been two percent better, maybe. D- depending on what you wanted. The Rivington was a bit kind of rougher and more raucous. Fidens was a bit more creamy. I mean, I tend to like things a bit on the hotter, like hoppier. Yeah. Not hot burny, but you know, a, a bit more rough around the edges, a bit more bitterness. So for me, I was like, I'll blood machines all day. Yeah, it's a cracking beer. It's what I think is Blood Machines part of the Halloween series that they do as well. And now they've decided to back mm, out. I don't I know. I don't I can't know. remember, but it's like it's one of those beers that I think they know that sells. So I think it's becoming like a core beer now is Blood Machines. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic beer. It's, it's, I feel like they bring out the perfect amount of dippers. Yeah. They bring out enough that it keeps people coming but not too many that when pe- when they come out, people still get excited about them. Yeah, there's a clever way of doing it, though, isn't it? Like, Because they're not just, every week. I think it's similar to maybe like Beaker we talked about earlier. Like They're kind of similar, aren't they? Like, they, don't, they just do like the IPAs and the low ABV stuff, and then they go, oh, and here we go, then now there's a dipper. And I think people, and whereas you get someone like, like let's just say Verdant, Verdant's standard IPA range, I think they're known for their double IPAs, are they? Like, yeah. You would probably have Verdant with, they're like one way you did obviously people still get excited about Verdant because they're like the top tier, but like the they would bring out a dipper 
what every week I think they do they didn't like it's pretty year. much it's I mean I'd say three out of four three Easily, out of four weeks yeah. gotta be Easily. Easily. and then like and I think it's quite a good way of doing things like going back old school and because you know when we had the thing with the tippers and like one two breweries and people got so excited and then we just got flooded and we were just like nobody needs them anymore yeah, I mean, Dippers did legitimately used to be a treat. Yeah. Now I, I, I feel I like we've kind of lost our appreciation. You've become a bit numb to them. I think so. And it became standard, you know, and it's like drinking 8% beer. It's becoming yeah. standard. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> you know, Pacific Northwest and or uh, Southern Hemisphere hops, 8%. It's like that. Did you see that uh, Burning Sky beer that came out recently called Industry Standard? Yeah, like the sassiest name ever. It's just such a big swipe at the industry. I mean, it's not a dipper, but it's Southern Hemisphere hops. It's hazy. It's, it's like, yeah, it is. And then if we if we go on to the thing that you just said about Rivington, then we take the Colonel, who have just released. Oh it yeah, and that sold dipper. out like everywhere. Was it Saks or something? Everyone is going crazy for it. Mm. Apparently, it's mm. insane. So the Colonel have done a dipper, and I think I've got it's in for six, five years, four years. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't, I don't really follow too much of what they release because it tends to be the same you know it's it's the same stuff and it's of a consistent standard that if i'm looking yeah. for fridge fillers i'll just buy it it was I, d- I did see some fuss about this one they did it and there was a massive shot at the industry as well on the social media when they released it as to say we didn't want to do it because everyone does the same beer and then they decided to redo this beer but apparently yeah, it's, I, i've got a bottle waiting and um I know that I'm, I'm going to Tronfield to beer stop it next month, and he's got one. He's got a keg on order. Yeah. So oh, on keg, that'd be good. Having I've tried it on keg, but I have my bottles there as well. So yeah, I've I'll probably have the bottle while I'm there, and then I don't know why, but then I've got a keg. Just because science, science. Yeah, well, why not test test the dispense methods? So, but yeah, but yeah, that should be good. So the next one, even I've just I've just trolled tippers on the next beer. Which yeah. is, would have been V13, but my other backup, because I thought you might tip that, is a tipper, and it's from the States, and it's a 10% triple dry hop, triple IPA, with just single hop to Strata, and it's called Strata Collider from North Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember you talking to me about this one, actually, in the group. Yeah, and North Park, it for me, like, and then I, I think the best brewer in the US for the hairs. Wow, okay. Big, big fan. And I, I think they're the best at the big beers. I don't think anyone touches them. I think they just do something magical with big beers. Basically, if you want to get smashed and not feel like you're getting smashed, <laughs> North Park. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Wow. But, Are you in marketing for North Park by any chance? I just think there. So, yeah, this thing was just ridiculous. Yeah, it's one of the beers that I was really excited to try and like big, big fan of North Park. They, they're, they're, they're like totally cool. Like with everything, like they're marking the labeling, like their cans are very clever, and they do a lot of collabs, like a lot of collabs, which is a big, like sign that they aren't going to other breweries either. But like breweries are coming to them. Like they've just yeah. done a collab with Fidens. They've done collabs with Other Half, um, Trillium. They've got breweries are coming to them. And, They've come out of, I know they've been going a long time, but they're now into the top tier, as we'd say. And they're coming to England next month as well. They're coming to Hop City. Oh, yeah. Next month. Oh, yeah. It's March. May. I, mean, May. Yeah. I think it's April. Yeah. And I was they're like, coming... shit, is it next month? 
I mean, yeah. I'm excited for that, by the so, way. North Park, I think, is the first time in the UK, and I can imagine that's going to be the fighting type of last year. I think there'll yeah, be a big... I, I might just pitch up in front of North Park and I just, just... I'll just yeah. give them my bank card and say, give me tokens. That's it, it's token this year. So it's just uh, basically... It's just, which, yeah, it's going to be fun, and there's like... But yeah, this thing, yeah, it was just single strata, so you're getting all the... um. Like the pink crepe through the the melon and some of that berry that you used to get on the old school mosaic. Mm. But that's what all this. I feel like yeah. strata kind of fell off. It was a really big thing in what was it twenty twenty? People started yeah. using strata and we started caring about it. And then I feel like a couple of people really went off it and were quite vocal about going off it. And I just haven't seen much fuss about it since. It's all like peachering and nectar on now, isn't it? And yeah. HBC five eight six or whatever it is. Yeah, the new one which hasn't been given a proper name yet, but. This was good. I like Strata. Decent half. It's good. It's. it's still it's, a... I mean, it's all in how it's all in how you use it, isn't it? Like someone like yeah. North Park can do a really good job with it. I mean, the flavors they were getting from this bev, so it's it's mad. Some, you know, it's mad. Some breweries are really good at it, whereas like you just said, some breweries will buy it and just be like, just stick it yeah, in. Yeah, it in. in. I think the Verdant, you know the the you know insert number what Moon series. I think they're mm. quite big on strata and i feel yeah. like they execute it quite well like 40 watt moon is a really really brilliant beer yeah 40 watt moon's the one that a lot of people spoke about and especially in the last release the last batch of it i remember people saying that that was like one of its best ever beers and it's yeah, moving yeah. Into they, they released it too close to potty i think because everyone was then comparing it to that yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah it, it might well top that to be fair yeah couldn't comment <laughs> couldn't possibly comment no it did it did <laughs> I am looking forward to the new version which they've released today, which is the oh, Gus Gus knows Gus knows yeah, yeah, clever. yeah. that is clever marketing like don't tell Gus and I was like that's clever that they've done a, a, a like a carry on beer of that which we do it's really see from yeah. Verdon obviously they did it with well, the shark Tim but, at Verdon I know you're not listening to this but if you do good job yeah, I just I I would have liked to see it being a double IPA, but one of the new, uh, no dextrose versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that would have been a clever version. They've done the new one. The artwork looks banging, but it's a different beer. Like it's not even like the same kind of hot build. It's not exactly the same. Which I was like, mm, why have you done yeah, that? Yeah, I, I don't really know the kind of. I know the law of why they called it. Don't tell Gus because Gus was at. Some, I mean, I'm just doing a straight rip-off of a Planet Beer TV video here. Go, go and watch the video if you want the full explanation from, from James at Verdant, but I think it was James anyway. But they were trying to make a beer that was incredibly expensive because of the amount of hops in it. Gus was the guy controlling the financials, so it became, don't tell Gus how expensive this beer is to make. Uh, I, so I don't know what the spin is on the little one. Is it a cheaper beer in reaction to Gus knowing or ah. is it them just sticking both middle fingers up at Gus and saying I'm we're going to throw all these hops at a little beer I don't know I don't know, I don't know. they have used a bit a lot of hops in the new one but <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty, pretty standard procedure yeah, I guess Gus knows now so fuck yeah. it we're doing the new yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly we pulled, we pulled a pin we're good and we are, we're just going to burn it all off now and do a lawyer yeah. and waste it off yeah so, yeah yeah What's your last one, mate? Yeah, I'm 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 tussling between two here, so I, I'm going to let you choose. Do you want a, a Belgium story or do you want a UK story with a Belgian beer? I think we should end in on the UK story because we started on the UK story. Yeah, okay, that's absolutely fine. So there is a Gers that a lot of Gers again, Gers that a lot of people think is I don't know how you describe it a a benchmark Gers that it's. 
accessible every now and again. It's not a Cantillon. It's not a 3F. It's by a brewery called Girardin, which you may or may not have heard of. But Girardin, a lot of what they produce goes into, like previously it would go to places like Tilcan that are blenderies. So they produce their basic lambic, give it to the blenderies. The blenderies then, you know, blend stuff from three or four different places to create the final product. But Girardin do a uh, a beer called the Girardin Black Label. I found one. I was in Southampton and they had bottles in the bar to take away. And thought, I don't know, 22 quid. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. It was, yeah, it was stunning. I, I messaged someone who I talked to a lot about Lambic and I think I sent him a picture and all I said was, why isn't this everyone's favourite beer? So balanced, like loads of apple and wood and a little bit of citrus. It wasn't sour, but it was tart, but kind of really rounded at the same time. It's just brilliant. And you can pick it up every now and again in the UK. It's not like one of the whales. You know, when it comes out online, it does tend to sell out, but they have it in bottle shops and tap rooms and stuff quite a bit. So for anyone listening that wants to try a good accessible Gers that can kind of mess with the big boys, but is a little bit off the beaten track, Girard and Black Label is a good place to start. Good. Good. I don't have anything else. else? All right. No, Uh, I mean... If we ever get to uh, get to meet in person again, Ryan, we'll we'll play a game of Gers. We'll meet him there. That's true. Yeah, I I came up with a phrase for <laughs> when we were in in Belgium in February. There was a a local chap who took a couple of the lads from the group out on a tour around a few different places. He was clearly drunk when he was driving, driving at about fifteen miles an hour around these tiny little rural residential estates on the outskirts of Brussels, going to different. Uh, different places to try Gers. And I came up with the phrase wild Gers chase. Yeah, so that's now, yeah, that's, that, that's now what I, what I do. <laughs> this is my favorite game to play the wild Gers chase. Yeah, man. So, nice. And obviously we'll do our match episode next week. But have we got anything else that you want to like mention? Or is there anything else that you're looking forward to? Or? I mean, there is, you know, I might end up talking about this again on the episode next week, but that, barrel-aged version of language barrier that tracker teasing i think it's language barrier it looks like it yeah very exciting for that so excited for that that might be my uk release of the year they dropped them free last year didn't they oh two three years ago and they were like obviously there was a lot of like the marmite one was the blueberry one but then the other two were just incredible Uh, yeah the haystacks one yeah yeah but then like obviously language barrier is like one of track best it's just one of their best beers all around and the fact that we're going to see another barrel age version of it. It's very exciting, which is what we talked about earlier. We need more breweries in the UK to do this. We really do. We really, I mean, I've seen it's right out front in track. You can see their barrel store. It's not massive. You know, I, I wish they had the facility and capacity to double it because I think out of all of the UK breweries, they are best placed to execute. Mm. Like especially the dark barrel age stuff. I'm not talking about like wild barrel age stuff because you know you've got mills, you've got crossover, you've you know you've got a, a variety of places making wild stuff in barrel. But the dark barrelled stuff, I think, like yeah. track track do an incredible job of it, and they present it so well as well. Yeah, that's it, and it's like it is a presented well, and it's like it's one of those like almost like over half style kind of bottles where it just looks like a treat, and it just looks you know it's going to be good when you have it. There's a yeah. quality about it. And then I think like the only other thing I think that's coming out with this is they're going to be the next big hype is the triple series. How, okay, okay. To the nearest, uh, what should we do? To the nearest twelve, how many varieties do you think there are going to be? I know there's only four this year. 
Oh, okay. So I've ruined that, hmm. but there's only four. Have they posted that, or is that insider knowledge? They've posted it, I hope. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Well, I've got Simon to do some tactical editing on that. If not. No, they have, they have, they have posted it. So they, yeah. there is four this year. They, I did want to see him do a little version. I'd love to see little Chubb, but like a little version of Chubbles. It'd be quite fun well, to do. Didn't they do that last year, though? They did like a... An IPA. Uh, yeah. But it'd yeah. be good to see like a pale version of it. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of, for me... Are you actually was, excited for it, though? Like no, the, the tipper, the black can tipper? Not anymore. I'm kind of over it. And I'm like, it's like, it just. Get, I'm just happy with it. Once that's gone, we've got rid of the, the putty high. It's how the year starts every year. It's putty and then it's troubles. And then it's like, thank God it's over. And then we well, move it, on. it used to be putty, Cloudwater birthday release troubles, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember and that? Then, yeah, but then the birthday thing was nothing this year. No, no. one got excited for it. I didn't even see anyone post it. I was no. down to the like as well, like the horrible cans that they're doing, the horrible, horrible artwork. Well, the, so the twenty twenty birthday release, good. Twenty twenty one birthday release, that's with like a million black double IPAs and triple IPAs. Yeah. Nope. Last year there were some really good beers out for the, the birthday triple release. IPA last year blew everything away. Yeah. Was and, a- uh, yeah, and the did they do vanilla MCI as well. That was good. Yeah. This year, Burnley. I couldn't have cared less. And I know that a lot of people didn't enjoy the MCI. It was some sort of chocolate raspberry vanilla thing. That Yeah, I heard no, a lot of people I saying just... it was quite sour, like quite tart. You don't really want that, I guess. No, and I just think, like, the troubles is the only talking point of what we know that's coming out, and I just think that, like, there's always people who love it, and I'm not... That's that's fine. Obviously, it's probably Cloudwater's biggest at the moment, their big money spinner. But obviously, we've seen from Cloudwater, they don't, at the moment, they haven't done anything that's like, for me personally, like exciting. Like, yeah. obviously, the Christmas range is always exciting, or the Christmas barrel stuff. But then you've got like all around the year now, like they don't release anything that has. And like, this is, I don't, you don't really see Cloudwater beers on Instagram like posted either, which is really strange. No, I really don't, I really don't see a lot of them. Oh, I mean, I feel bad because we went, uh, I think I mentioned this in the podcast before, but we went to Manchester in January, went straight to track, the next to each other, didn't even look at Cloudwater. No. Like not even when I'm in sniffing distance of the brewery did I go in there, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably like a cycle. I'm sure they'll come back into hype at some point, or yeah. it would just be a gradual decline into a supermarket beer. Who knows? We can all pontificate on that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, at, at risk of running out of things to say on our next episode, which, as we mentioned a few times, is going to be recorded in very short order to this one. Should we leave it there? Yeah, well, that's good. That's all good. Amazing. So, folks, thank you very much for listening. Let us know what we missed from February. I'm sure there's quite a bit from the UK because I think there were two UK beers out of eight there. So comment and tell us how shit we are as UK beer commentators. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Catch you next time, everyone. Thanks a lot.